So I think we've got everything working. So we're ready to start take two. Um, yeah. So today's the big day. We're finally on to Star Trek Voyager. Um, hope everybody's got Paramount Plus because, as far as I can tell, it's the only way to watch it. And um, I'm just making sure my whole thing's set up here. Almost got it. Just want to try and get to zero if possible. Yeah, I was running into an issue with that too. Yeah, it, we have the we do have an ad free version, but it um still has to show a CBS ad before it actually plays, which is weird. Yeah, anyway. it's, also, it's also saying that I don't have it. Uh, I don't have like a rewind function. It's there. You have to go down to the um the bar like and then press back. It's not oh. a very good function. No, but, it says rewind and fast forward are currently disabled. Yeah, it's weird. It, it, like you can do it, but it's, yeah, it's a pain. So let's just we'll. Hold, I'm at an hour, um, I'm at one second. So if you want to be exact? That's where you want to be. But we're we're close enough. Um, so yeah, I really don't have anything to add. This is going to be a longer episode, so I think we should just jump right in. Okay. Um, Are you? Do you have advertisements ready to go first? Because I have an ad ready to go. No, I um get to the actual show. It shouldn't have ads during the actual show. So get to where it starts and pause it at zero there. Okay. We'll just tell them. That, like, yeah, we're paying. There we go. Okay. There we are. All right. So, yeah, let's just uh, go ahead and hit play in three, two, one, play. All right. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, I got to turn codes and captions on, too. There we go. So this is just in case you're not watching Deep Space Nine, but basically just reminding us that they're a group of terrorists for the Federation called the Maquis that are fighting a war against the Cardassians. So that was that scroll. That's what that means. Actually, interesting. One of the things I found out about this, and you should... What's wrong? Mike, are your closed captions in black? I don't white letters with black um, background to it. Oh. Okay. I will do my best. This is, for some reason, mine are, like, black lettering. That's weird. Hopefully it'll fix itself. All right. I will do my best. All right. Let me know if you need to, like, want to try and pause and, like, redo to see if we can get to work. But that's all I can think of. That's fine. I, I can read it, kind of. All right. But, um, what was, oh, one of the interesting things I found out about this show is that they started writing it in 93 when, you know, Deep Space Nine was basically just starting. Yeah. So they didn't have an idea for using the Maquis at the time. They just, they had an idea for bad guys, quote unquote, being chased by the Federation. So all the stuff that's linked to Deep Space Nine was all pretty much added later. Mm-hmm. So these are Federation people being chased by the Maquis? 
No, no, no. We're not, the Maquis are terror, Federation terrorists that um, fight the Cardassians. We've seen them on Deep Space right. Nine. This right. is a ship full of them being chased by a Cardassian warship. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And the place where they hide out is a region of space, which I don't know has been talked about yet. It might have been like passingly mentioned. Isn't um, that like it, the dead zone or whatever where both of the... Yeah. Well, it's the bad... No, this group lives in what's called the Badlands, which is a place near Bajor where the plasma storms are so strong that most ships get destroyed if they try to go through. So that's how they right. hide from the Cardassians. And like I said, I don't, it might have been passingly mentioned on Deep Space Nine. It does come up more often um, going forward on Deep Space Nine, which we'll see. But Yeah, I feel like, I, I feel like I've heard of it. Yeah. Because like, I remember just a few weeks ago, there was an episode where they like mentioned, oh yeah, there are these weird ships disappearing, which directly involves this, because that's what's happening right now. Well, they're dead. That was a fun no, episode, yep. everybody. They're dead. They weren't that important anyway. No, no, it's fine. So, so out of curiosity, what did you come up with for a theme song for Voyager? Oh, this is the this is the. Yep, this is the actual. Oh, um, okay. Oh, this, this, this is difficult. Uh, Borg, <laughs> Borg, 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 Cardassian, 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 Dassian, Cardassian, Dassian, Cardassian. I mean, that's actually pretty good. Like, you, 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 I don't think you meant to, but you picked the, what becomes the ultimate villain of this show with your first yeah, time. That's pretty good. Um, This episode. Klingon most- fuck. The Klingon fuck. I'm in the bus. It's actually a much longer, it feels like a much longer opening intro, so you could probably go a lot it longer. Does. It does feel a lot longer. Um, so yeah, this fuck this Neelix where... person. What about Neelix? I said, fuck this Neelix person, and I don't care who the doctor is. Fuck Duvok as well. <laughs> and that Harry Kim. <laughs> uh, That's all I've got. That needs work, I understand. January 16th, 1995. Both episodes aired as the first ever show on the UPN network. This was the thing that launched UPN. Oh, you mean that thing that Who's Line used to make fun of all the time? Right. It doesn't exist anymore, but had SmackDown for like a hot minute. Yeah, I remember. I remember back in the day. Who's Line used to make fun of it all the time. With, With good reason. It, it, like Drew Carey would, you know, how Drew Carey would always be like, you know, that's right. Whose line is it anyway? Where the points don't matter. And then sometimes he'd be like, that's right. The points are just like any show on UPN. Yeah, with like with really really good reason because the network launched with like five shows, including Voyager. Voyager is the only one that got to have a, a series finale. Like everything else got canceled because just nothing stuck. Uh huh. But um, I'm going to try and do my best. But there's a lot of breakdown online of this first episode, like basically day by day. So I'm, I didn't get even half of what I could have probably gleaned from it. But there was a lot of drama with this episode. So she's the captain, right? For this yes. series? Yep. Okay. 
And um, she actually was not the person that was going to play the captain at first. They actually shot like two days worth of shooting with somebody else. And that person decided they just couldn't do it. And so uh, Kate McGrew was their second choice. Interesting. Yeah. Which is so weird to me because like, I'm so used to her as the captain. It's like, how did you even pick anybody else? But whatever. So she does a good job then. Is it going to take a while for her to grow on me or? I don't know, honestly. Um, it's a different type of show. Like what they said when they, like the writer said, they were like, this is going to be more about action. And the whole point is to be a little bit more like um, Next Generation where you're going around in a ship instead of sitting in a space station. So gotcha, yeah. it's a different type of Star Trek. I don't know how you're going to feel about the characters. They do all develop more as they go along, but it doesn't feel like they change as much as the Deep Space Nine people do. Okay. At least in my opinion. Okay, because there's certain Deep Space Nine characters that I don't think have grown literally at all. Yeah. There's, like, Tom Paris here, who's the man that uh, Captain Janeway's talking to. He grows a lot over the series, but he's always kind of the comic relief anyway. But he gets more um, well, serious in a way. It gives me a Bashir vibe, and I don't like it. Yeah, that's that's fair. He starts off that way, very much so. So, yeah, for his backstory, just so you don't have to try and read the weird um, stuff, he is in New Zealand in a penal colony because of a weird shuttle accident. Um, and he's basically the best pilot that Starfleet has, but he was kicked out of Starfleet when he got arrested, more uh, or less. Now you literally just said, hell, I'm the best pilot. Yeah. But he also went to the Maquis. That's how he got arrested, actually. He went looking for a fight and then got caught right away. So that's, uh, how, that's what he's there for, is to be there, eyes and ears. Gotcha. And here he's going to very inappropriately hit on this random woman. So Bashir, all right, cool. <laughs> it is funny because he does start off this way, but knowing what the series, the premise of the series is that they're going to be trapped in the other side of the galaxy, he runs out of women to hit on very quickly. Like oh. he still <laughs> tries, but there's only the crew of that ship, basically. Uh. Ah. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, this is the only time we're really going to see Deep Space Nine on the show. So enjoy it while you can. That, you, oh, wow, that was weird looking. You could clearly tell that that was like a backdrop of like Deep Space Nine that they used for Deep Space Nine and right. just like added like this other little CGI ship that. Clearly wasn't supposed to belong there. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's probably how they did it. Hey, Quark. I do love that they give Quark the job of being like the bridge between Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Yeah. Part of the reason Voyager got the green light, I guess, is that Deep Space Nine wasn't doing as well as Paramount had hoped. Meaning that they were bringing in numbers, but they weren't bringing in numbers like um, the next generation was. 
when it was uh, on Earth. So their hope was to be putting a new ship out there in space. We're going to bring more people in. I don't actually know if it worked, but I found that interesting. And I was like, I always like deep space time. What was wrong with it? <laughs> Again, Quark pointing out that the Federation constantly does besmirch Ferengis. Yeah. This is one of his better speeches, by the way. Scurials insults, which I can't say that word. It's Harry, it's Harry Dick. I mean, Harry Kim, Kim. Kim, Kim. <laughs> yeah, Cork has honor. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this never gets brought up again, but do you think Cork felt bad after they disappear? Like, <laughs> just for a second? Like, oh, I was giving that kid a hard time for no reason. Maybe half a second. Like, he but thought about it. That's true. I, I feel like more likely it's wherever they went, they better be talking about me. Somebody cheated Cork out of out of those diamonds. Clearly he thought they were special and they were just random rocks. Oh, poor Cork. <laughs> oh, thanks for helping me out back there. No problem. Next I'll show you how to put your Harry into some Kim. That's my name, by the way. <laughs> ah, what a coincidence. Oh. Now, I do love the line, though. Didn't they warn you about Frankie at the Academy? Oh, yes, the doctor that we're all going to know and love. And oh, in no sure. way is going to be dead in about five minutes. I mean, not to spoil anything. <laughs> I feel like I, I've earned that spoiler. I'm, I'm going to take it. By the way, you guys have just left the space station. You already have somebody in the sick bay. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I just, I've never thought about that before. What happened? Did she fall like getting on the ship? <laughs> it is really weird. Yeah, that's going to be a recurring theme is that all the Starfleet people really don't like Tom because of the the whole incident I talked about with the space shuttle. One of the really cool things that um, I've, I've read a bunch of times, but I really like about um, how they got her ready to be Captain Janeway is when they took her on the, the bridge, the side of the bridge, they said, this is basically your living room. And after I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, she does treat it exactly like it's her living room. Like, it's amazing that that, like, that direction so perfectly encapsulates how she behaves on the bridge of the ship. Hmm. Just a few weeks. A three-hour tour. Should have brought your dog with you. You're going to miss it. 
No, this looks serious. <laughs> I cannot read. Oh, wow. I can't. So when the lettering is, is up against their black suits. Mm-hmm. Why don't we? Because we've got the time anyway. I don't mind waiting. Why don't we pause it and see if you like restart it if we can get it to work right for you? Just because there is a lot of dialogue to read. Did your so your thing is never done that? It never. Uh, I've never oh. used it on this, but it just looks like regular um, closed caption on mine. So I'm hoping if you like you restart it and hit play, it'll work correctly. Like okay. So let me, we'll pause it, um, then we're going to we'll count down once we figure out where we are. But right. yeah, for you, I would just go out and come back in and see if you can get it, you know, see if you can get to work right. All right, sounds like a plan. In the meantime, I'll talk more Star Trek stuff. Um, this is actually just something I wanted to put out there because there was so much of it, and I'm going to give away my one of my main sources for research. If you're interested in the production of this first show especially, just search Caretaker on Google and go to uh, Memory Alpha, which is like the fan wiki. And I'm not kidding when I say like for the the show, it seems like they just went day by day. This is what happened. This is what was going on during the production. This is what the directors were thinking. It's very in-depth. Um, it was really fascinating, especially the stuff about the first captain. So check it out if you um, want to know more about what was going on during this. Subtitled yeah. English. Yep. Yeah, that's so weird. I, it shouldn't be screwed up in any way because there's no other options it's, for it. It's still... The lettering is still in black. Uh, okay. So weird. Yeah, it doesn't give me an option to change it or anything. Huh. Is it like on your TV? Because I know your TV can sometimes have options to change it. But that, uh, let I, me, I don't know how to do that. Let me try one other thing here. Alright. If not, what we might have to do, because it won't pick up too much, because uh, DJ Madman does it sometimes, you might want to turn up the audio a little bit, so you can yeah. kind of catch some of it. Uh, hopefully that plus too. the crappy closed captioning will do the trick. Oh wait, text-to-speech. Oh no, that's managed. Oh yeah, managed text-to-speech. Maybe that's, maybe that's it? Maybe. No, support. There's this autoplay. Oh, that's not what I thought. I was hoping maybe in settings it would give me an option to like change yeah. the closed captioning. It's weird. I don't have this problem with anything else either. Literally yeah. every other closed captioning I've ever used on here is, is white lettering. It's got to be the app itself. Like, but why would it change that? Doesn't, I don't doesn't know. Make sense. Yeah. Give me a few seconds. I'm curious about something. All right. The only other place right. I could think to try and change is like in your profile like, um, settings, but I don't know if that would be something to change. Uh. So another interesting just factoid I'll throw out to everybody. Um, when they get to the um, Delta Quadrant, uh, it ends up being about 70 years is the time frame they use. But when they were first writing this episode, they kept the, the time frame they said a bunch of times was 10 years, um, which just seems like a much easier journey and more correct to where it actually ends up being because there's only like seven seasons. But 
I thought that was really interesting that they just upped it to like, yeah, this is going to be, you know, forever. I will say good props to them because I was sleeping on this show too. I just tried putting on another show just to see, but yeah. it's the same thing. So it's got to be the it's got to be the Paramount Plus app. This one does have some issues with it, so I guess we'll just have to go with the volume and hope that by the time we try this next week, the next All time right. we do Voyager, it won't do that. Yeah, so. give me two seconds. Let me turn it down to a, what I think will be a good enough level. Yeah, I'll let you know if it comes through too much. On try that. Right. And I need you to should... get back to the show. And I'm at fourteen fifty nine, so I don't know where you're going to be. Fourteen fifty nine. That's where everybody else should be if they want to follow along with us. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Do do do. Hopefully this means the Voyager episodes are going to be awesome because usually when we have a technical difficulty, it means we have a good show overall. No. God, it takes half a year just to go through shows and stuff. Yeah. If you, um, little pro tip that I just found out, if you go down to on the main menu, go to shows, if you go over, Star Trek actually has its own like um, window because they have so many Star Trek shows on here. That's how I found it so quickly. Okay. Yeah, we might we have to probably make peace with this because I've heard some rumors that um, you know, more Star Trek stuff's going to be moving over here. So uh, let's hope this isn't a permanent thing. All right, so you're at, uh, you're at what again? Fourteen fifty nine. Okay, I've got a few seconds. I'm at fourteen forty three. I'm going to let it play. Makes sense. Uh, Can you hear that? Nope. All right, so you didn't hear any of that? Nope. I think we'll be good. All right, cool. All right, we should be good then. All right, so 1459, and we're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. And it's not crunch time yet, Mr. Kim. Sorry, in my head, I'm just thinking to myself, so many of you are about to die. <laughs> to the point where the doctor that we just met, who I think already said dies, he um he doesn't even have a name. Like, he's the unnamed doctor. No, he's the doctor. <laughs> well, that's, the other guy becomes the doctor. You'll, you'll see. Oh, Stanley wanted to come down and see what we're doing. Uh, Stanley dog. Captain's log. I already miss my dog so much. <laughs> yeah, so because of all the drama with the first person playing Captain... Like, all the stuff in Deep Space Nine, all this stuff going on in the mess hall had, was shot before everything else because they could shoot this while they tried to figure out the captain stuff. Mm. 
Yeah, how how difficult is it to get some tomato soup around here? Well, apparently there's about 24 kinds of tomato soup, and you can get hot or chilled. White people problems, am I right? No. <laughs> oh, that's a nice callback to a Simpsons episode we watched. And we <laughs> made enough gazpacho for everybody. It's tomato soup served ice cold. Go back to Russia. What was it? What is the true meaning of Christmas? <laughs> and also, you guys still have Christmas. You've kind of done away with a lot of religions. You know what? That's a different conversation. Let's get back to you killing three people. So yeah, that's the other big part of his um, character is that not only is he a failure at Starfleet, but his dad's a high-ranking admiral. Uh, so you can imagine those Thanksgiving dinners. Oh, they're friends now. Aww. That reminds me of when we first met, everybody told me not to be friends with you. Oh, uh, I should have listened. Yeah, you should have. Now I'm now I'm going through this suffering. <laughs> well, we've got a bunch of Linda the Good Witches out there. That's not as funny as the other joke I had. Shut up, me. Bullshit. What? Some sort of beam scanning us? That seems familiar somehow. So yeah, the whole concept of Voyager is very much based on like what we've already seen with... Um, we, no, we watched the Lacutus episodes. Well, the episode where Q originally introduces the Borg, how he throws them in the middle of like deep space. Yeah. It's it's basically that, just you don't get to come home at the end. Mm. Yes, you are indeed fully impulsive. You should have braced a little bit sooner. Especially you. Oh, poor what's his name? And who's it's No All those characters we've fallen in love with gone. Oh uh, I hey. had developed such a relationship with all of them. 
I mean, Paris got his dream job just by, you know, that girl dying. Maybe if he had been flying, they would have gotten away. Report. We're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) That's not English. Oh, no, it's definitely English. It's in Shakespeare. (laughs) Doctor, can you hear me? They never, like, I know the number that's on the ship after everything happens. They never really tell you how many people actually died in this moment. I mean, it's a show. I hope none of them. Well, no, I mean, I'm <laughs> smart ass. <laughs> but no, they never give you the number of, like, we lost, like, 30 people or whatever. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, now I feel like I'm stupid, whatever. <laughs> You cool. used to that by now. Got him. Cool fact about the cool Star Trek thing that I, I looked it up because I was really curious the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually did the math or like looked it up. 70,000 light years is actually about halfway across the galaxy. Like wow. from one end to the other is 140. Yeah, I like because who's gonna look that up besides me at 2 a.m. when I've got nothing else to do? But yeah, they went ahead and got the real number. Hmm. Oh, oh my god, that might be a Jedi outpost right there. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. If they're going to be Jedi in this show, it should be on the other side of the galaxy. Yeah. Oh, no. not the doctor. No. Is that the Vulcan nurse? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, the way she like um, put her hands down as she passed that guy, I, like just had my head like, oh, I can't run in front of them. I, I can't do it. Huh? So another, a cool another piece of trivia I found out. They had not finished building the warp core yet, like the actual thing. So uh-huh. they can only shoot it from this side, but later it's a complete thing, so they could shoot it in 360. Ah. I didn't realize that like you would even have to like you would even do half of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, there's the doctor, finally. So this is a kind of a cool thing because the piece of technology that comes up again in Star Trek later, um, the the sick bay comes equipped with this hologram, who can basically take the place of a doctor, supposed to be in short term use. But obviously they don't have another doctor, so he becomes the permanent doctor of Voyager. But because he's just a program, you can put him in other stuff. Like he shows up in one of the next generation um, movies. Uh, on the Enterprise, he, um, the creator of the program, shows up at Deep Space Nine, which is one of the reasons why I want to do this back and forth, so he doesn't just show up out of nowhere, and I have to try to explain why it's important that he showed up. So, uh-huh. yeah. Just a really nice, cool piece of technology they kind of invented for the show that still shows up everywhere. 
Although that does mean that guy can't age because he's a he's a hologram. So if he wants to do anything now, he's got to be the exact same age. Twenty five hundred kilopascals. What's that in strawberry cakes? At least two. At least two. It's way too many strawberry cakes. Oh, dear. That sounds perfectly normal. I really like this about his character when he first starts is that he doesn't have the ability to turn himself off. Ah, yes. Lemonade. That's what we all wanted. Ah, yes. I don't know... As we're going to find out, this is for their benefit. I don't know what about Earth would make this what they'd make. Like every time, it's always something weird and countryfied and usually white. Did the neighbors bring out the food? Well, they're here for an, a quilting bee, I believe. This is one of those are the actual um, creature that they have to deal with. Do you have any ideas on which one it would be? No. Okay. I just want to know if you like if you guessed it just randomly. I was going to be really surprised. You guys have nothing. You don't even know how a hoop nanny works. You're all just standing around looking like a bunch of me's at a party. <laughs> I never noticed that before. But she was clearly just standing on the porch waiting for the somebody to tell her to go. Like, did you notice that? She was standing there with the corn, and then the camera got to her, and then she's like, oh, I gotta go. Doesn't anybody want corn? Oh, look at the puppy. Little fake space puppy. And this um, alternate reality 
comes with uh, whores that just throw themselves at people they just met. Gonna run up the tower with my friend Tom I just met. That's right. We know what the Eiffel Tower is in the 24th century. Man, I wish we had like money to um like license stuff because Harry Kim just said it's everywhere. I could just I could just see that as part of a promo for our show. <laughs> like I could just put it together with different sound bites. So one, I'm not good enough to do that. Two, I wouldn't know what I could do and get legally get away with. Oh wow. Oh. Back to the hoot nanny. Some guys pay extra for that kind of treatment, Tom. Yeah. She's That's some ball. technology for a farm, for a barn. <laughs> Janeway has to go talk to her because she has to pitch for it. That makes her in charge. Oh, wait, other people have pitchforks. Hey, wait a minute. I remember them. <laughs> no! Extremely advanced um, life form, but doesn't know how anesthetic works. I mean, maybe the stabbing is how they get the anesthetic, you know? No, I just feel like there's other ways to do it. Right. No, no, please, no. Now they all wake up back on the ship. I mean, who hasn't been there? You go to a barn dance, you get yeah. stabbed with something metal, and when you're naked, and then you wake up back where you started. Yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, it looked like one hell of a party. I mean, did you see the corn? That's fair, yeah. It did look not cooked yet. <laughs> Actually, it did. I haven't thought about that. Usually after it's like cooked, it's like the, yeah, it's like a darker yellow. Yeah, no, it definitely looked like raw corn. Maybe that's why nobody had any. Yeah.
Dun, dun, dun. I wouldn't listen to him. Right? He's clearly the spy. Yeah. Oh, wait, he doesn't know that yet. Also, your transports have the ability to take those away from them as they transport over. How do they know? They can't just take your word for it. I mean, that's how it works in other Star Trek stuff. <laughs> I mean... At least the Vulcan's not going to be rude about it when he betrays you. Yeah. So Tuvok here, the Vulcan, is a very, very interesting character because the actor that plays him was in a lot of different Star Trek stuff uh, before this. He's in the movie um, Star Trek Generations, which we're going to watch in a a while. Um, But he's also in Star Trek VI, where um, he's on Captain Sulu's crew. And what's actually really cool about that, and we're going to get to that episode eventually, is they kind of retcon that movie and interchange it with the show. It, mm. I, it's really weird how they do it. It's all has to do with memory and stuff, but like the guy that plays Sulu actually comes on Voyager. And yeah, it's really cool how they do that episode. And I won't make everybody watch that movie before we watch the episode. But I will strongly suggest it, and then I will probably talk about that movie a lot during the episode because that's what it's based on. But that's that, that's a while down the way. That's at least a few months down, if not longer. I think it's this season, maybe, but I'm not positive. Yeah, so we agreed. <laughs> so yeah, to give everybody an update of what's happening, they decide to work together, trying to figure out what's going on with the array. Um, so they're going to transport transport back over. Which apparently is something they just have the ability to do. Oh, yeah. Duh. Duh. But this time they brought the bigger phaser guns. Okay, who had banjo players? The guy that was actually real. Tell them for a minor bipedal species. Sick burn, dude. Got him.
I don't think they heard him. He, he said, you'll have to leave them. Yeah, he said, um, I am a basically a godlike being, even though I'm a little older. So listen to me. Yeah. I mean, it seems I'm the up and up. You know how they always listen to like when Q shows up and tells them things? Yeah. Which, by the way, we're going to get a lot more Q watching Voyager. He shows up quite a few times in Voyager. I honestly think it is because Cisco punched him in the face so he doesn't show up on Deep Space Nine anymore. I think that's the Probably. actual in-universe reason. I, I mean, I feel like that's a good reason. I mean, fair. It's like 70,000 light years away. I'm sure it is very complicated. Yeah. How dare he send them back? I had to guesstimate just based on time. I think we're coming up to the end of part one, but obviously it just continues. Right. You must stay still, Harry. Look at the fancy beds with the tubes in them. <laughs> the tubes make it more sci-fi. Careful, she's a biter. She bites. If you had that light thing that just knocks her out, why didn't you use it before? Right? No, you don't understand. We had to wait. I really wanted to get punched by her. I find her attractive. And this side of the galaxy, <laughs> that's how we say we like each other. Yeah, since they can't um, talk to the alien, they're going to basically fly to where they the rays send in energy try and figure out what the hell's going on. I mean, they haven't said that yet, but that's basically what's happening, just to get everybody caught up for the next five minutes. No, not .47. I mean, there's other mysteries that are probably more important. What do you mean? Take a look at this. This is my dog. <laughs> I miss him so much. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was the whole point. She was having puppies. I miss her so much. Even at the best possible outcome, all of her dog and her puppies are going to be dead by the time she gets home.
See, told you. We're going to the planet. Yeah. That's so much different than me. Like, she knows that it's her only son. Like, the conversation already is more in depth than I would ever have with a stranger. <laughs> right? I've known you for all of five minutes. Well, apparently that's what normal people do. They have conversations with each other and learn things. I, I, I just never do that. No. Too easy for me to just um, watch TV shows instead and learn stuff about the fake people that are inside. No, learning about other people is overrated. Yeah, I I agree. I'm right not to do it. Vulcans don't worry, everybody. If you didn't know they're about Vulcans, they don't worry. Mm. Don't make promises. Yeah, seriously. Rule number don't. one. That's basically what I say all the time. Yeah. I promise everybody that I will never promise you anything. <laughs> I can promise you that this is the only promise I will ever make. Promise. So, um, we're not getting too much weight, but I mean, it's all going to be told by the end of the episode. Um, Neelix is another permanent cast member. Mm -hmm. um, just an interesting thing that I found out was that apparently he and the guy that's playing the doctor were up for both roles. And he ended up getting Neelix, obviously. And, and the doctor at first was very upset about getting the doctor. He didn't think it would work out really well. Later, he found out that it did work out fine. It's just I found it interesting the idea of those two switching because they're very different like characters, basically. Yeah. Oh, that's the first time you get to hear who calls the caretaker. I do like the touch of, because, like, you never really see in the inside of Neelix's ship. I 
like the touch of all the junk, but really I like the fact that the camera is tilted as if it's just like like hanging by a wire in a ship. Yeah. For the first uh, couple of years, this is a recurring thing in Voyager. Um, not all the time. Occasionally, they run into people that have got more technology than them. But for the most part, in this area space, they don't have transporters or replicators. So it becomes a very big thing of like um, how much of an advantage they have over some of these people. <laughs> oh man how'd you get water that's impressive yeah like we could literally create an ocean worth of water and just put it down on that planet I mean we'd have to refuel afterwards that's something that like I don't think you get enough of in next generation or um, deep space nine I think they talked about it more in the original series but mm -hmm. because Voyagers out in the middle of nowhere, they have to get everything for themselves. So there is actually an element that makes warp travel possible that you have to mine from places to get it. You can't replicate it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times or sometimes they'll be looking for that, but you never hear that in like um in Next Generation or Deep Space Nine. It just seems to be, you know, not an issue. But apparently it's a limited resource. I forget what the material's called, like bigger nerd than me would remember what the thing's called. <laughs> A what? A bath. Or a sonic shower, which is also a thing. Oh, she's awake. She's a biter. Everybody remember she's a biter. <laughs> Harry. My name is very Harry Kim. I mean, technically he'd use that joke because this is a, she doesn't know that joke, so anybody knew he needs to use that on Good for him. I love the idea of just punching a door. We, um, she might be into that. Maybe. Oh, yeah, they do mention here. Yeah, she's half clean on. That's why she's got the forehead ridges, but they're not as forehead ridgy as mm. other clean ones. Also, why she has a Earth name and a clean on first name. I brought you these socks. 
He learned the word for towel. Good for him. <laughs> It's not impossible. Tuvok <laughs> uh, and Neelix, a lot of people don't like Neelix, but Tuvok and Neelix are definitely the um, equivalent, almost the equivalent of Odo and Quark. Nah. Not, not that Neelix is a criminal, just that they're the exact opposite and... Um, well, Neelix very much annoys Tuvok. Huh, never noticed the ships. That's cool. That's actually a really cool detail. In the in the matte painting, there's a couple of um, the Kazon ships, which are the species we're about to meet. Um, and I didn't recognize them before just because they, um, I just uh, didn't think about the shape of the ships, just looked like a piece of the building. But it's a nice detail. Hmm. Well, they look friendly. Yeah, they didn't just put them up against the wall to shoot them or anything. No. It's fine. When he says borrowed, I had a feeling that it was less um, mutual as he's making it sound. Whoa! Yeah, just think about how easy it would be to take over a planet. Yeah. With that technology. Because you kind of forget about that when you watch the other Star Treks and they're around other species that are basically comparable. So to have a species where it's like, oh yeah, just water? Yeah, we can give you all the water. They seem nice. Yeah, when they were writing this episode, they um, the way that they referred to the Ocampa before they gave the name was the uh, Mayfly people because they only live nine years. So earlier when that guy said that they've been down there for 500 generations, that's about, what, 5,000 years, give or take? No. So, I mean, it's a long time, but it's not like 500 generations. It looks like he mostly used the method of beating her. Yeah. 
I mean, what other methods did you use? Oh, Neelix is making a move. Didn't tell anybody else he was going to be making a move. No. That's not a good way to make a move. Oh, they're they're all for it. I mean, you take. I guess you take chance when you get it. I guess. The water. Not the water. How rude. So yeah, if, if you've never seen this before, Neelix um, was in love with the Akapa, and the whole reason he had to go there was to save her. Oh, you're a Debbie Downer, aren't you? <laughs> Come on, get excited, Harry. I mean, uh... Mr... Harry Dick, I mean Harry Kim. Harry Kim, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the name. Don't wear me out. I mean, he's an Asian person. He's got like five name choices. I know that was me being intentionally racist for funny, but it actually is a weird percentage wise. Like, I think it's Korea where Kim is like 70 something percent of like last name in Korea yeah. or something like that. Something like a really ridiculous high percentage is what I've heard. I can't remember what it was. I'm sure it's fine. Yes, you have to. Ah. Oh, that was close. In the future, medicine's mostly about shining lights into your eye. That's how it works. <laughs>
you better help. Just wasting a whole bunch of water. Yeah, precious, precious water. That means precious, nothing to precious us. Precious water. Like literally nothing. Like your values, we laugh at. Felix quickly becomes less of a dick. I mean, it's not right away, but he does quickly <laughs> become less of a dick. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Honestly, I think part... Let's see as it goes along. He really is one of those very divisive characters in the fandom. Um, I've never disliked him that much, but there are people out there mm-hmm. that just hate him with a passion. Uh-huh. And I think it's because he honestly becomes too nice if that makes sense. Like, annoyingly, you know, upbeat and optimistic. I think it gets on some people's nerves. Interesting. Yeah. Like I said, never bothered me. I'm going to be interested to see your take as we move along in the series. Yeah. Dick. Don't talk talk (laughs) about you all the time. Almost like seven years by our lifespans. So long. No, those those powers are pretty badass. We'll find that out later. Yeah. yeah, you tell him, Cass. Yeah. You're the hottest one-year-old I've ever seen. Actually, I don't even know if she's one yet. It's a really weird part about her relationship with Neelix is that like, her species only lives like nine years, so she's not Two, because we see her birthday, I think, and I think it was her second birthday. Neelix likes him young, is what I'm saying. (laughs) So many stairs. It's not worth it. I just see those stairs like, nah, fuck it. I'm 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 good here. I'll just, I'll just die here. It's fine. Yeah. He didn't even really get up to the first landing before he sat down. I understand that feeling. <laughs> like I think they're supposed to be higher up, but it really seems like they just got on the stairs and said, "Okay, we'll take a rest." Yeah. No, it really does. <clears throat> 
I mean, there's always a really good chance that space is kind of dangerous there, Harry. I've never heard of space being dangerous. Well, first of all, there's the lack of air. What? And um, the lack of everything else. I don't know about that. Okay, let's do another three steps and take a rest. Here we go. <laughs> Is somebody playing EDM music? Boom, 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 boom. That's what the pulse sounds like if you had the sound up. It really does look like they shot this part in like a mall. Yeah. Like it looks alien enough to me that it, it you know, it works. But maybe it's just the escalator that made me think, oh, that's a mall. Oh, yes, Mr. Rowling's. So that's the weird part about the show is that there's only about 150 people on the crew when it's all said and done, but still you don't see the same faces really at all. Like most of those people that aren't the main characters, you're not going to see again on that bridge. Mm. But it makes sense because you can't like hire 150 extras just to be there to fill up the hallways. Yeah. It's not like a huge deal. Just I think about that every once. I'm like, we're well, never going to see Mr. Rollins again if he doesn't die. I don't think. Although I will say there are sometimes where side characters do die, and it's like, oh, it's that guy from this episode or whatever. <laughs> oh, so Tuvok just basically laid out the plot. Um, the caretaker was finding people from across the galaxy because he's trying to breed um, a, a child because he's dying um, and his child could you know, continue to care for the opaka but because he knew he was dying and he was running out of time he gave the opaka um, a surplus of food and sealed off the tunnels to keep them safe so Yeah, uh, uh, we can't log on to you. Uh, this is my first day. <laughs> Fully Listen, mild. the guy who's supposed to be doing this kind of died. Uh, I, I usually just clean the toilets. I think this button right here turns on the windshield wipers. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yep, sure does. Oh, God, that's a photon missile. <laughs> Oh god, there's so much blood. Oh no. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, you guys did not make it far. It literally took us like three minutes to get up here. Seriously, they look completely out of it and the rest of them look fine. Yeah. 
Well, they're supposed to be six, so that part makes sense. But it really doesn't oh, look like okay. barely yeah, moving anymore up there. Yeah. I got it. Also, we're about to see a very racist joke for Star Trek in a minute. I don't think I'll have to point it out, but I definitely will because um, I do find it really, it's weirdly out of place for Star Trek. Okay, you're going to limbo right through here. Man, if the camera would just stop shaking, we'd be okay. Huh. <laughs> I don't know why Home Alone just pops mad. Harry, we've reached the top. And then he falls down the giant hole. Anybody remember Home Alone? No, just me. Fine. Fine, let's not have any whimsy in our Star Trek. God, I hate your people so much. Go Away out. Kill it, it's a gopher. I don't think we needed like a good three minutes of them coming out of the hole. We get it. They're coming out of the hole. Let's move along <laughs> in the story. No, no, no. This is important. <laughs> we really need to see exactly how everyone got out of that same hole. Yeah. See, we would have never known that he got out of that really easily. Oh, no. This crappy stairway we were walking on just collapsed a little bit. No. Sure, that'll be fine. See, Neelix has a, a more heroic side. Mostly because I think he was ashamed to not go with his girlfriend watching him. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It did seem really odd. It fits with his character as he goes along, so it's not like jarring. But when you first meet him, the fact that he has been kind of selfish up to that point, it does feel like a sharp left turn. Oh no, Chakotay. I guess there's actually two jokes in here that are like Native American jokes. 
first that one where he said where Tom says if he saves Chakotay's life, um, he own, he basically owns his his life. Also, well, that's calls the like that right there. Yeah, he also calls it an Indian custom, which is really weird for the 24th century to still be calling Native Americans um, Indians. Yeah. I mean, technically, Chakotay is not American anymore, but well, that's a whole other thing. Here's the other joke. Tom asking Chakotay if there's some sort of Indian trick, again Indian, where he can turn himself into a bird and fly them out of there. <laughs> Just seems really weird for Star Trek. It does. Yeah, no. Um, Jacote is a very Jacote spe- very specifically speaks to the Maquis and the whole, like the whole backstory. I think we've talked about it a few times. Um, but the whole thing, one of the colonies that was being taken over by the Cardassians were Native Americans that had left Earth to create a colony, um, you know, where they could live like they wanted to, basically. And of course, they immediately get screwed over and <laughs> have to start fighting a war against the Cardassians. Because the Federation doesn't help them. Yeah. Red alert. I have to say, um, we're going to see them a lot. I don't really like the Kazon ship design. It's not like one of their better ones. It's not like iconic to me, like like the Cardassians or the uh, Klingons or the Federation. It just, I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me. Oh, no. I mean, you've got the better ship. Shouldn't you be worried if your ship can hold up? Yeah. And there, he got the job of flying the ship. Good friend. Yeah. So this is a very, like, obviously because of the pilot, but this is a very important episode or very important moment in the, um, basically it's the moment where everything gets decided on why um, everything happens the way it does from here on out. Mm.
I'm really going to miss my fake banjo when I die. <laughs> like, he's been pulling people from the other side of the galaxy for, you know, months, if not a year. And he's just like, man, I wish I had known about banjos like <laughs> centuries ago. So, um, I, I'll give everybody the heads up just so it's a nice scene, but I can just tell you what happened. So, actually, his species is from another galaxy entirely, which I think is the only time in Star Trek they really talk about another galaxy like that. And uh, when they came to this galaxy, they scanned the planet where the Ocampas lived and destroyed their atmosphere. So, this guy stayed behind to um, keep, uh, like, keep them alive, basically, to try and make up for it. But they did have, there's another um, one of his species out there somewhere in the galaxy. Oh, I kind of gave it away earlier that he was trying to meet with them. Sorry. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Whatever. I forget when stuff is revealed because I've watched all these episodes seven times or at least, and I know what happens. It's not my fault you people have lives and you can watch it until you found a podcast called Chaos, The Final Frontier. Although, thank you for finding the podcast and watching this with us. I mean, I feel like that's very comforting for the guy that's about to die, but you have no way of knowing that that's true. <laughs> no! Stanley, do you want to watch Star Trek with us? Oh no, he's setting a course into the big ship. Wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Anyway, any one of those shots could have just killed you. Like, right? You're waiting, but I feel like... I feel like you at least owe that person a drink. Feel like you, yeah, I feel like they cut that way closer than I had to. Bless me. Uh oh. That big ship is going to do like the the um, Star Destroyer did in the Death Star. Dun dun dun. That's exactly what I thought he was going to look like. <laughs> yeah. The big old blob. Makes sense. And the blob becomes a rock. And because they're Starfleet, of course they're going to take the rock with them. Oh, yeah. One day, this rock may be the answer to everything. It kind of gets thrown away pretty quickly. Like, not, not, not surprised. Like, it does come back in a different episode, but it doesn't really solve anything. Nah, it doesn't surprise me, really. Yeah. It would be nice if they, like, worked it so with one giant circle, but if they decided to go a different direction with it. So, yep, this is the choice. Like, they have the ability, they could go home, but she's going to destroy the array to um, protect the Okampa. Yeah, her dog's about to have puppies, for God's sakes. Yeah. <clears throat> So they destroy this and then they try to find another way back or do they just live the rest of their lives? I guess we'll figure out. I mean, 
I would assume they try to find another way back. I don't think they're just giving up. They're just destroying this. Yeah, so what um, they'll get into it before the end of the episode. Like, she gives a speech. But basically what they end up doing is um, the main mission is to find another way home, find technology to help them get home faster. But while they're going home, they're going to be doing it as a Starfleet crew. So they're going to be exploring and, like, you know, stopping at planets and, like, learning about the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. So... And there are plenty of characters later on that are like, if you just set a straight course for home, you get home a hell of a lot quicker. But they're Starfleet, so they're going to explore. Did you know my dog was having puppies? Oh. She stopped really talking about the dog after this episode. Probably too painful. Probably. It is a weird sort of sentimental thing for them to try to give the captain. Yeah. You know, it's not like she's like, oh, I've got, like, my kids are waiting for me or something. It's like, my dog. Yeah. Like, besides, let's see, Tuvok has a whole family. He has a wife and kids, but they're Vulcans, so they don't count as much. Right. Um, besides Janeway's family there, the only other one that really talks about, like, everybody talks about getting home, but the only one that we know that, like, has to be waiting is uh, Harry. He has a girlfriend. But uh, Well, you know. with how long he's taken, I highly doubt she's going to be around for him. Yeah. Also, we just found out that the Maquis crew are going to be um, integrated and Tom is going to be field um, promoted to the rank lieutenant. And um, actually, um, Chakotay, who was the commander of the other ship, is now the second in command of Voyager. Oh. Yeah. The reason is, um, I don't know if they, like, they, they've, I think they said a few times, but Chakotay was actually um, in Starfleet before he left to join the Maquis. So he has the training to be a second in command. So. And Neelix and Kess are going to stay. That's delightful. I mean, he makes a good point. Yeah. He's pretty useful overall. He does a lot of shit on the ship. Yeah. Later on, his like main title is morale officer, which again, like I said, he gets to be a very upbeat character, which is why I think people get annoyed by him. Uh I left my dog at home. And um, everybody's really sad about that. Yeah, a lot of people, um, well, some people talk about the show and that they very quickly, like the Maquis and Starfleet thing, they do keep talking about it, but it gets resolved quicker than it probably should have. Like, mm-hmm. they, 
I don't know. I don't know which I prefer. I don't know if like it makes sense because like, well, yeah, they're a crew out in the middle of nowhere with no backup. They would gel very quickly. Or if I yeah, wish, I mean, you have done, to. right? Or if I wish they would have done more about the, um, you know, Marquis versus Starfleet. There is stuff in there, like some really heavy duty stuff, but it's not like a whole crew thing for the most part. Gotcha. It's like one or two individuals come out like they're anti-Starfleet type of thing. Set a course for home. See, she said it. I knew what she was going to say. See what I, see what I did there? Just Terry in the background. Are we there yet? Are we there <laughs> yet? God damn it, Harry. I will turn the ship around. In which direction? Anyway. I don't know. Just so, around. Oh, his name was Rollins. Yeah, like Seth Rollins. So what did you uh, think of the uh, first episode of Voyager? Eh. Uh, are you interested uh, to see how their journey goes? or? I guess we'll we'll see. I mean, to be fair, I I the first episode of DS Nine didn't really grab me, mm-hmm. and I've grown to enjoy that. So, yeah, I I think every every show there's going to be growing pains, and the characters do develop. But I think part of the fun of Voyager is that if you don't like some stuff, like if after a few weeks you're not really into the Kazon, eventually they just stop being an entity because as they keep moving forward, they move out of that space and end up going into different aliens. So you don't uh, have to like... Anybody you don't like is not going to be around forever. So, I mean, if you don't like somebody in the main crew, that could be a problem, but, well, we'll get around. <laughs> but yeah, so there's um, the first episode of Voyager. Uh, next week we're going back to DS9. I believe, if I remember right, the episode's called Life Support. Um, which is actually a really cool episode. Shake some stuff up, but uh, we'll get to that next week. Unless I'm wrong about the episode and it's something else, but I'm like 90% sure it was life support. Um, yeah, so this Wednesday, check us out for an episode about um, In Your House from, I believe it was February of 1990, what was it, 6? And um, yeah, that's, that's about it. Oh, I did, I did want to say a couple things. I'm glad I remembered. On the last Sunday of this month, I think it's November 28th, there will be an episode of Chaos Traveler where DJ Madman and I talked about the song uh, 19 by Slipknot. Um, we're still working on getting the Thanksgiving episode recorded, but I've also decided that on New Year's uh, Eve, summer 31st, we're going to release Waterworld um, as our wow. bonus episode, just because I don't feel like holding on to it after the New Year. So that's when we'll all right, I think that's everything. Did you have anything else you want to add, buddy? No, I just hope everyone enjoyed this journey to a new show for us. And, uh, yeah, I hope everyone sticks around as we start watching this. Start watching this. And, and like I said, if you prefer DSI, we're sticking with that, too. So join us on both. Yeah. Have a great night, everybody. Tootsie is suck.